to the Coaching Uncovered podcast. My name is Brent Davis and this is my podcast where coaches come to talk about coaching and I have got a coach on today that I've been hunting since day one and I finally managed to tie him down. So I've got Marty Joyce on the line. Thanks for coming in, Marty. Oh, my absolute pleasure, and I'm, I apologise in advance. Um, yeah, it's been uh, as as much as the world has kind of stopped, but it has been sort of reasonably busy in a good way. Um, uh, so I apologise that I haven't been able to do this up until now. So, but I'm glad I'm glad to be involved. Mate, it's all good. You're a hard man to track down, which is a good thing, which, which we yeah, certainly I, aren't complaining I, about. But I, um, I try to go under the radar as much as possible. <laughs> No, I don't. Don't, don't even. Don't even talk about going under the radar, mate. You're one of the highest profiles in the country. <laughs> so, for the for the two people out there that don't know who you are, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I guess uh, my only sort of, well, I guess my my coaching background, or even prior to that, was I've. Um, I actually, which I'll talk a little bit about tonight, is I've been involved with you know an icon in in golf in Australia was Ramsey Ramsey McMaster and. Uh, I actually grew up sort of uh, being involved with him and I was fortunate within the Golf Victoria programs growing up and uh, he made a comment that I've been institutionalised my whole life. So I was a part of sort of every – I was a part of every program coming up sort of, you know, under 12s, 14s, 16s through to, you know, junior state golf, state golf uh, through the Institute of Sport. Uh, and then obviously into professional golf, and then and then my journey as a as a golf coach. So there's not too many things I haven't. Um, well, in, in a nice way, I, I kind of I lived it. I I think that's important, which I guess we'll touch on um, at some point throughout the, the podcast. But you know, I've lived it. Um, I've understood kind of what's worked and what hasn't. Um, and then I guess my journey from from a coaching point of view came out of you know, me not being able to sort of, I guess, get to the level of, of tournament golf that I that I wanted to. Um, I think also there was, you know, elements of, you know, family life and everything else that, you know, you spend so much time on the road and, and um, you know, trying to justify kind of being out there for, for the time you are and, and, and making sure that it's actually worth, you know, the, the dollar and cents. So, um, yeah, I obviously then moved into – um, I kind of fell into kind of the high performance coaching role a little bit. Um, just obviously being my background as a, a I'll say a, a decent golfer. Um, but then uh, being around some of the kind of the best people and and uh, and moved into 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 the role. Obviously, you know, initially is I was actually the 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 Colts coach, um, which is no longer. In the in, in the in the golf Australia system, but I was the, the Victorian Colts coach, and then moved his, into the Victorian state coach, and then um, and then I had a role at the golf Australia, and obviously you know ten or so years at the Institute of Sport. It's a pretty pretty cool story, and we, we certainly will speak about Ramsey at some stage. I think there's a there's a whole podcast just in his influence. I think on coaches in Australia in general, yeah. so um, not just Australia, pretty, the world. It's, 
Yes, yes, it is. He, he comes up so often when you talk to different coaches, but we'll certainly we'll cover mm. we'll cover him as we go as we go through tonight. But just um, a quick one because you obviously had a high performance playing um, career early on. You're in state teams and state squads coming through, as as you said. Yeah. Who were some of the coaches that you had in that system, and what kind of influence did they have on you as a player and then as a coach later on? Yeah, great question. Um, so as a Colts coach, Richard Cooney was was my Colts coach. I actually ended up being, uh, and still as a mentor, ended up being, um, I ended end up doing my traineeship under Richard. Um, and John Davis um, was the was the state coach, who was a state coach for, for many years. And um, he was a tough man, um, but uh, I enjoyed my time around, being around him. Um, and in many ways, like like what we've all done, you know, we kind of we learned kind of the from the environment that was there, and then we all sort of put our own little spin on kind of what we think we can help to kind of improve things. And that's that's not saying anything that was being done at the time wasn't wasn't good enough. But you like to as a you know we go back to Ramsey, make sure you leave the place better than than it started. And I think that's a goal for sort of every coach of what you do, and you know, even if it's just in your your own local club or driving range or whatever it is, I think it's uh, I think it's crucial. So what was a typical training session like back then? So we're talking obviously 20 years ago now um, without giving too much away from both our ages. But, yeah, I know, uh, I know. How, do, how, 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 was, how has training changed or just talk me through a typical training training week or training session back then? Well, it wasn't weeks, you know, the, like it was back then that, there was a, well, the VIS program was, was running. Um, so obviously there's only a certain amount of athletes or golfers that were involved in that, uh, which they had their kind of training environment or their training week. Uh, and then as, as a kind of still within the state system, um, we had, you know, I can't even remember if it was weekly or fortnightly or monthly, but it was literally, it was more of a catch up and play golf and, uh, there might be some matches that that you played, a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of short game, a little bit, of, you know, whatever. And and it's, it's actually interesting because back then, and I, I learned this kind of throughout my time, ever working with Dave Capaldo as the Vic Junior coach. You know, we did a lot of the underpinning programs, the 14s, 16s, 18s, you know, junior state squad. And you know, early days, you would ask, you know, a group of kids, you know. Uh, do you have a home coach? And, you know, half the room would put their hand up and then you ask them, how often do you see, you know, your coach? And they might say sort of maybe once a month, every couple of months, every three months. And then it really showed, you know, over quickly over over the years that, you know, that turned into a room of kids that had coaches that saw them, you know, fortnightly to weekly to some some were seeing them daily or whatever, whatever it may be. So it really did show, you know, how coaching has evolved, you know, well, around the world, but, you know, definitely in Australia that, you know, there's a, in a, in a good way for our business, there's a direct demand for, you know, kind of what we do and, uh, and, and trying to help these, you know, not just athletes or young players that are aspiring to be, you know, professional players or, you know, club level golfers just trying to get better. 
So you said you had some success playing through those different teams. Obviously, if you're good enough to play state teams, you're good enough to be um, half successful out there. What was the difference between you and the guys that didn't that did go on and be successful as players? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I was around the kind of era with um, guys at Simulation. Obviously, Jeff Ogilvy, who's you know back living in Australia now, and uh, you know, Marcus Frey is a little bit younger than me um, and uh, kind of guys around that that era. Um, what was the difference? Um, <laughs> they, got it, they got it in the hole and less shots more often. <laughs> um, they were um, <laughs> basically, um, you know, there's – I think there's Evan, Evan in saying that. I think, you know, there's – Evan with the best information out there, and um, which might sound a bit rough, but Evan with the best information out there at the time, which I had the best information out there at the time, that, um, you know, some people are, are destined to make it and some people aren't. So, um, and, and that defines if, if you if you feel like you made it or not. I, I feel like I made it because I was, you know, that, that's got me to where I sit here tonight having a chat with you. So, um I said, I think, it, you know, there's many ways of kind of measuring, hate using the word success, but measuring kind of what we do. Yeah, of course. It's, um, it, is a, it is a small gap between being a, a tour player and falling by the wayside, isn't it? It isn't a huge margin of error. It's a pretty pretty small gap. And as you said, that, that, those early influences have put you down the path to be the successful coach that you are now. So it can't be a bad thing. No, no, there's no bad things. It's um, it is good, but it also shows that you know, as we know that, you know, even with the pros that I work with, um, you know, there's only a certain amount of tour cards out that are out there every every year. There's only a certain amount of jobs that are out there every year. So making sure that you know, kind of what you do, um, what makes you good, you obviously continue to to um to continue to do but then making sure that you know your weaknesses that you're going to grow and get better at that because you know obviously younger people are coming up trying to trying to take your job um so you know you really give it to the, the guys that have had you know scotty's a great example or some of the you know even even bads to some degree you know he's still out there doing what he's doing um you know you really give it to those guys that have just continued to evolve as players and 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 the craft of the game and and grow with the game and the sport and you know continue to have a job every year and I you know it's it's fun to watch the young guys kind of do what they do but I, I really I really enjoy kind of understanding what the we're not old but the older guys of kind of our generational you know so on that you know how they've been able to keep themselves you know in the game and still competitive and, you know, it might, it might not be as often, but they're still there and they've still got a job. Yeah, for sure. So you said you fell into the high-performance space. I'm sure you didn't quite fall into it, but talk me through how you got into that into those types of roles early on. Um, well, it's, well, it's actually – well, did, did I fall into it? I don't know. But um, I, I got the – I sort of was, I was – because of my obviously involvement with with Golf Victoria, you know, as a player, and then in, into coaching, and, and Richard Cooney was the state coach at the time. Um, I was able to kind of get the the Colts job, if you call that assistant coach or whatever it may be. But 
Um, and then we went through a period where I'm trying to remember where we were kind of merging um, with Golf Victoria, uh, Women's Golf Victoria and, and Golf and Golf Victoria. And, and then the role came up with, uh, I might have this a little bit wrong, but the role came up with, um, well, actually, uh, Sandy Jamison uh, decided to leave. In, he, he moved overseas over to the UK. So the, the assistant coaching role came up and um, so I was on tour at the time and and uh, Dennis McDade, who I was getting coached by at the time, sort of, you know, suggested that potentially, um, you know, I should go for go for the role if I'm interested. Um, I went for the job. I did it online, similar to what we're doing here. I was actually playing New South Wales Open and, uh, and that was a, probably one of the worst experiences of my life. I just... You know, having an interview, you know, well, it wasn't even face to face. We couldn't even, it was, we didn't have Zoom back then or anything like this. It was just, it was horrendous. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, no, so I didn't, I didn't get the assistant coaching job. And then it was 12 months or so later that, uh, Dennis decided to move on and, and the, and the head role came up and the, and the board, the board had changed at the VIS. So I went for the head coaching role and I was fortunate enough to, um, to get that and uh and then yeah spent sort of 10 years in in that role and you know really well it's it's been a learning curve the whole way and it, it's still i'm i'm still not even close to where i need to be right now but i was very very fortunate with within the role that i was able to then kind of be able to travel and and you know get around some of the people that have been around and and build relationships that have gone on to you know really long-term relationships that that I'm able to reach out kind of, well, both, both sides, they, you know, they, they, they reach out to me and I reach out to them around the world. That's cool. Um, personal experience when I first got involved with high-performance programs is I worked out pretty quickly that my some of my coaching um, swing college needed improving. Um, that was something that I needed to improve. Was there, was there any area that stood out for you as a coach when you first got into that space that you needed to improve pretty quickly? Um. Well, I think I think all aspects. I think um, you know, if I went into that role today, where I was, you know, ten or fifteen years ago, you know, for the obvious, it's going to be quite different, and which is probably why I'm able to kind of work with some of the programs I work with around the world because of my experience. So, you know, back in the day, you know, some of the questions he sort of pondered there, kind of what 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 would you learn? Well, um, I learned pretty quickly. I need to learn. Um, and and then I've and then and then with that, make sure I've got you know a, a good. It sounds a bit rough, but a good sample size around me that I can you know as we do experiment to some degree you know with good information and good data that we can see what those type of results come with. So um, you know developing a kind of high performance player um, in any sport you know there's there's obviously a technical element to it, but you know, I've said for many years that, that I've been fortunate to be around a lot of great people to educate me around kind of anatomy and 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 technical, you know, understandings of how people move and what how we do what we do. But um, I'm not dismissing that because I think it's very important. But uh, I think you know the the end product of of trying to create a you know a human to be a good athlete. There's so many other elements that that need to be looked at. 
and um, and our expert, you know, our expertise as golf coaches, we you know we're, we're not even close to that. So making sure that you've got you know some really good people around you that challenge your thoughts, you know, challenge the the people you work with, um, and vice versa. You know, we I, I like to do the same, you know, back to them. That I think that you know putting that kind of network of people around us that we. You know, we, we really look into kind of what, what we do and why we do it and how's it you know, at the end product, how's it help the, you know, the person that's in front of us. I think you see it so often these days in, in, high, in high quality coaches. They have that support team close by. They have those, those experts in their fields that they work with and you've certainly got that set up in your own coaching. Even now you've, you've, you've got that, that support team of, of um of guys that are there to help you out. So talk me through some of those guys that you've got around you that you use in your coaching. Yeah, well, that, you know that that's taken a, a lifetime to to kind of get to, isn't it? You know, um, is that uh, you know it was through Ram through through Ramsey that um, I was able to network around the world, and um, and Ramsey came up with the. A thing back in the day called Golf Bohemians, where you've got a group of like-minded people that actually came down to Portsy, down to Melbourne, and we spent sort of a week kind of getting together, where literally got some of the best minds in golf, and even outside golf, and uh, and just kind of just sort of case studying and talking about kind of what we do and how we do it, um, and then obviously with Ramsey, some really late nights with dinner and whatnot, but um. <laughs> you know that that was that was our yeah yeah that, that that but that was our learning that was our learning environment and that was you know that that was our university to some degree kind of understanding kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it and you know as I said I'm I'm very fortunate that I've been you know I still you know Kevin Kirk who you know is one of the best coaches on the planet and Graham Walker in the UK you know at least um, Neil Matthews is a guy that you know that uh, if if someone hasn't heard about him, they need to research him because he's one of the smartest brains in you know in, in golf. And it's, I mean, very you know, Graham Walker is probably one of the one of the best coaches on the planet. And and uh, you know, there's there's many guys that are great, really good at what they do. That unfortunately, oh, in some ways, you know, they 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 like to live that way where you know they just go about their trade and and um, and. They're not interested in in all the kind of social stuff, and, and which I, I think that we can do a podcast that on on, on itself. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've um, you know we, we, I've actually got a I got a collective group that I formed um, a couple of years ago uh, with you know coaches and some trainers and um, some. Um, some chiros that work on the PGA tour and, you know, we're, it's a nice little format where, you know, if, if any of the coaches are out there, they're kind of struggling with a player or struggling or got a thought on their mind, we're actually able to kind of send a message out and, you know, within 24 hours, you'd be amazed, you know, some of the, some of the best brains in golf are responding to, you know, I'll use an example, Jay Carter in New Zealand, uh, he's a New Zealand national coach who's a part of that kind of group goes back to golf bohemians, you know, he has many questions he likes to ask and, you know, the guys around the world are just willing to kind of give up their time and thoughts and and uh, I think I think for kind of um, 
anyone is kind of getting into kind of whatever area of coaching and uh, I wrote a note on that this afternoon that, you know, there's obviously very different levels of kind of what you want to get to. It doesn't mean that you're a certain level of coach, but there's different levels that you like to coach at um, and whatever level of coach you like to be, I think making sure you've got that network around you that, you know, like-minded people are doing the same things um, that you can really bounce ideas and thoughts on. I, I think. I think that's absolutely cool. Well, I, I couldn't do what I do without it. So, you know, I'm just very, very blessed that I'm able to have those those guys around me. No, that that is really cool. And I, again, as my own, my own coaching journey, I've been fortunate enough to have had people that I've been able to talk to about coaching and and get support and get ideas from. It's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. I think that we find that in Australia, most most coaches are pretty open to spending time with young coaches coming through and helping them out so i know guys over the over the journey have been always open to have a tam- having a chat which is which is a great thing yeah yeah I, yeah 100% so those those support staff that you've got you've got you've got a 3D guy you've got a physio you you, you have these guys in inside of your little inside your your, your little coaching team yeah. yes that's it um so how would you use those in a coaching session or in a in a if you've got a client coming to you on a long term type program, how would you integrate with those outside service providers? Yeah, look it all it all depends on kind of the level. So if I've got a young I've got a young um aspiring golfer in say in Victoria where I work, um, that I've got obviously a, a physio that I work with closely. Um I actually have a 3D system myself, um, which I use daily, and I guess it's it's more understanding how you use. It's like you know any type of measuring device. Everyone's a little bit scared about kind of measuring stuff, but it's more understanding kind of how you measure it, and then and then how you deliver the information is more important. So, um, how I then can I able to to kind of you know measure their kind of movement patterns, and then how I can then you know, have that conversation with the physio and then integrate that with a strength conditioning coach. I've got a couple of guys I work with back here. But then as that as that player evolves and, and grows kind of, um, you know, to higher levels, um, one of the big things is, is especially now with, you know, the, the travel restrictions that, we, that we've got is making sure we've got people around the world that are able to help. And, you know, I've got a... There's not too many places around the world that, uh, or within a country of that place where I can't have an athlete that's, um, the, you know, that's that needs someone. It's either a doctor or a physio or 3D or whatever. So making sure that you know that, uh, I think I think as coaches sometimes we feel like we take ownership and we have to be there for the whole the whole part of the journey. I actually think as coaches that we actually need to service the player to what they need and, and allow us to evolve as well and give them opportunities, give them some growth opportunities to be able to work with other people that are, you know, that are on the same page or learning, learning quite similar. So I said, I've got, you know, yeah, there's, there's, um, you'd have to point out a country that I maybe not ever heard of where I, I, I wouldn't know, um, someone that I can, you know, close by be able to do. And that's taken, you know, 15 or so years, you know, or even more than that, you know, my own personal coach, I've played 
playing role on the road, but then my coaching role on the road, you know, to to spend time with people to feel like I'm comfortable enough that, you know, that, that I can, you know, send them for a 3D session or I can see that physio over there because I know the information they've got um, is good and, and they, they interact with the team that's back here and, and so on. That's um, It kind of brings up a question that I've asked a few people on the podcast over the journey because you're seeing you're seeing coaching heading down a more specialist path these days. You you see guys out there with specialist swing coaches and specialist putting coaches and specialist mm. short game coaches. Is that something that you're heading down, or are you, or do you try and see yourself as more covering all all uh, all the golf all swing areas, so to speak? Yeah. Well, it is interesting because I I remember I, I think as 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 Aussie coaches, I think as uh, Aussie coaches, we feel like we kind of cover all things. Um, because we don't live on tour, we don't. We're not on the road like by the guys in in Europe or the guys in the states. So there's a very different business model out there. Um, so you generally feel like the Aussie coaches feel like they've, they're covering all things. Um, me personally, I, I work in in all areas and I'm measuring everything I can measure. So, and I'm trying to understand all parts of the game. Uh, but in saying that, you know. You know, I've got no issue with, say, one of my clients working with Phil Kenyon, you know, over in Europe to get some putting stuff done or whatever it may be. Uh, or, you know, you know, I'm, at the end of the day, it's about performance. So, you know, we can learn from a lot of a lot of other people uh, that are obviously very good at what they've done, what they're doing and currently do and, you know, help us see something. You know, it's a bit like kind of, you know, using 3D allows us to see things better when we look at it on camera, you know. These guys can kind of go, hey, you know what? Have you looked at this in regards to your player? These are the kind of things I look at. This is the influence, and this is how can we can help improve things. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm open to. I, I think, I think, as I said, in I think the Aussie stuff is because there's so little. You know, we don't really have a. I mean, this well, it is what it is. We don't really have a tour as such compared to you know a full season tour. Uh, so our working commitments are going to be very different in regards to can you be out there full time, which is very different to what we're able to do out here. You know, we do our summer of golf every year and the rest of the time we're traveling the world. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think um, does it make us holistically maybe better coaches potentially? I know, many, I know, I know many golf programs, you know, national programs that, um, come around and, and and involved with they they will bring in specialist co- specialist coaches for for different things. Um, I don't think that happens here in Australia. Um, does it make it right or wrong? I'm not too sure. Um, but that's it's, it's kind of a conversation that could go around forever and ever. You can certainly yeah. see pros and cons with both ways. Um, yeah. If you're doing if you're coaching all areas, are you going to be Weaker in some areas, probably. Um, but then, if you bring a specialist in, is it is it going to be easy to um, for the player to s- switch between coaches, talking differently, communicating differently? Mm. Um, it can be hard as a coach to sometimes give that player up, so to speak, to go and work with someone else on on a certain aspect of their game. That'd be a, a challenge as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's talk about Ramsey. He's obviously had a pretty big influence on coaches all through Australia, and as, and as you said earlier, all, all 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 over the world. Just 
Who yeah, you speak I, to? He's had a, he's had a, he's he's had a, an impact on all of them. I think so. Yeah, talk me through how you came across I'd, Ramsey. Well, well, I came across Ramsey because I was in a car accident actually um, when I was uh, eighteen years old, and I had to get some, um, I had to get some treatment, and his and his partner was Jim Jim, who's a physio that worked in. And uh, so that's kind of how I, I, I started doing stuff with Jim. And then Ramsey was working out of a hospital in Clay, uh, Carlton. And I did some sessions out there with him and kind of, and it's sort of our time just kind of, you know, evolved and, and moved into kind of Ramsey got involved with, you know, golf in Victoria and, and then obviously into the AIS and, and obviously had a great relationship with Ross Herbert and, um, which he would speak speak to everyone about daily, and Roscoe was was a coach. I got coached by Roscoe as well for a period of time, which was just amazing. Um, so I've been very very fortunate that you know I would say in my position, um, just in Victoria, you know, I, I, my first coach was actually Steve Ban. I don't know if he actually remembers it, but um, you know, I think I was Steve Ban. I was I was with uh, Ross Herbert. I actually went to see Dale Lynch because I thought that was the only way I was going to get into the Institute of Sport. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then when I got into the Institute, I was I was with Dennis and and did some stuff with Sandy. So, you know, there's I've been very fortunate as a as a kind of young golfer, if you want to call it, and now an older coach, but to be around a lot of them. But Ramsey was the guy that. He he was he's and he's still he's still the glue that kind of sticks us all together. Um, and when you say that you know he influenced um, he influenced a lot of Australian coaches, I, I I see that, but I actually don't see that. I actually think he's influenced more people around the world than he's influenced in Australia. Because um, my my network around the world talk about him daily, and I, I actually feel it's a bit sad that I actually feel that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we actually talk about him enough here in Australia. I know, I know in my own network we do, but when I was involved with sort of golf, you know, golf Australia and stuff like that, I thought that that wasn't enough to compare the impact that he's had on, on people in the world. Um, and still do, you know, I, I get messages from guys all the time, you know, I'm thinking about him. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you're right. You're right in saying that people, People hear him and feel him here, but um, I think I think us in Australia on the other side of the planet uh, don't realise how much of an impact that he had on on people. You know, if I see when I see Pete Cowan any day, I see Pete Cowan on the roads. The first thing he asks is about Ramsey and, and Ramsey's family. You know, and 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 and, we'll, and, and, and want to tell a story. You know, Sean Foley's the same. Sean Foley and I have become good mates um, through, you know, obviously through different things. And, you know, I actually introduced Sean to to Ramsey and we talk about it like over, over a couple of beers, we talk about that experience. That was that was hilarious. But, um, you know, some of the, the <laughs> some of the biggest, you know, if you want to call them the biggest names in golf, you know, he, he impacted and influenced and, and, and they still think about him. There's not too many people I'm around that don't say they don't think about him daily. There's something that comes up during the day that uh, that, that you know that, that we think about him and and kind of why we're doing what we're doing. 
I think I still feel him because my hamstrings are still sore. He <laughs> still worked on them back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, so, we've all been there. It was um, a painful experience. Yeah, it's still sore. It shows the impact. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm sure it's still sore. I think I had uh, Jim and Ramsey on them at certain points. There, oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Just killed, just just killed me. But um, yeah, so just he just he seems to, he seemed to be so far in front of the curve when it came to coaching. He just you hear people bring up things now, and it's like, well, I heard him talking about that as a trainee. Like he was he yeah. was doing trainee schools when I was yeah. going through. So we're talking late nineties, and you hear people bring up stuff now. It's like, oh, I heard that twenty years ago from Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And we we kind of use you know he was 10, 15 years ahead of his time and um and it, yeah there's i think i think in golf there's nothing new you know as much as we try to put a spin on it and we try to you know and I, i'm completely off the grid when it comes to social media stuff and I, I actually don't follow any golf on social media because it i tried to for a minute it just frustrated got me angry um <laughs> so i i just thought that's not going to help me at all so um but you know there's there's nothing new in golf there's uh, what we've got is history and he was a part of the history and um you know that and evan you know i see some of the stuff like and I, I was around when ramsey did level one tpi like i was greg rose and dave phillips came down to the vis and uh it's another story that i'll say offline over a couple of beers but um, that you know, Ramsey was a part of level one, and I, I was a part of the the whole testing protocol on level one. And um, you know, Ramsey had you know Ramsey had a massive influence on kind of you know what level one testing was and what they did, what they did. I was a test dummy for that, and um, you know, the reality is a lot of that information that the guys use it, you know. And I haven't been around the TPI stuff for many years, but, um, you know, I just work directly with the physios that I've got. But, you know, the, obviously the information's evolving and developing, but, you know, the reality is it came kind of started through Ramsey, um, which is, you know, what a cool legacy that, you know, kind of he was he was on the, on the part of the sort of first sort of, you know, the board of kind of TPI back in the day and, and it's gone to grow to where it is around so many countries around the world. And I just hope the guys kind of paid you and, and you know, mention it from time to time. Yeah. He was, he, again, I, I still hear him being being brought up, so I'm still still hearing hearing conversations. But even stuff like like what was the, the posture belts that he used to use? Yeah, and, still use them. Backwards up sand dunes. That was a, that was a nice hard workout. Yeah, I still use them. Still do the sand dunes. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think actually, you know, in, in all the kind of, I guess, physical coaching aids that are out there, I still think the Ramsey, the posture belt's the best on the market. I still think there's the versatility around the the posture belt and what you can do. Um, and what it's able to do in reference to kind of feels and movement. Um, yeah, I think there's there's nothing like it on the market, and you know that started with it. There's a story for it. That started with um, so Caroline Ramsey's wife. Um, the, the Victorian market is really close to where they live, and they used to buy leather belts from from I think it was an old Italian guy at the Victorian market, and then they got 
the physio tube in and Caroline hated it. So she had to to put all the tubing through these like stud the stud the belt and put all this tubing through the through the belts and the original and then they stamped it with Ramsey Ramsey Master Posture Belt or whatever on it. And obviously that that's where it started. I've actually still got one and um and then I went into two times you um two times you did it and then uh, obviously things could have moved away but we've actually sort of outsourced a um a company down here in Victoria that we we can actually make it and and we've done it in a nice way and an improved version of it it's actually made out of um uh uh what's it called um ski like water skiing um okay yep. material so it's actually quite sort of flexible and durable and I think it's going to last longer. So yeah, I still get, I get, I get, I get requests, um, probably monthly, uh, for posture belts overseas, um, which is pretty cool. So you said you spent some time with Ross Herbert as well. So that's someone also that was taken too early and someone who was a pretty high impact on coaches in Australia as well. So I still recall watching him give a, a short game session. A friend of mine, Lindsay Wright, was in the yeah. AIS program early 2000s mm. and um, I watched her uh, be given a short game session with Ross and I think Mark Holland was in there as well. Yeah, so, Marco. Yeah, it would have been. Two pretty awesome guys in the in the sand giving short game lessons. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool to see that. Yeah, Roscoe, like like Ramsey, you know, they were, they were I guess, drawn to each other and they were way ahead of their time. And I was fortunate enough to spend, you know, get coached by Roscoe for a couple of years um, before he passed away. But his short game stuff was – and I, I still, I've kind of made my own little version of it, but it's, the principles are still the same. What I learned from from Roscoe, and I remember being in Belgium. I was working with a program in Belgium for a few years, and I remember. And Pete Cowan was a part of that. And it's kind of my first sort of experience around hanging around with Pete. And one of the first things he brought up was was Ross Herbert and Ross Herbert's short game. And uh, Pete did say he's got the best short game in the world, but. Um, <laughs> but he said he said Roscoe was ahead of his time. Like they spent time together. I can't exactly remember where, but they spent time together. And and um, yeah, so you know, once again, Roscoe touched a lot of people. You know, around that around that era, and and anyone that got coached by him, you know, I've never heard a bad word being said. Um, you know, he was. Yeah, he was uh, in in many ways. In many ways, I was on the outer. I couldn't get into the AIS, and and but I wanted to be a part of it. And I heard all the principles and what was going on. And and uh, you know, in some ways, many of those principles I took into my own job when I got into the VIS. So you know, just another influencer. Oh, that's cool. I've still got the Ross Herbert short game VHS video floating around <laughs> as well. Cool. So. Again, it, 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 it still stands up. It's the thing. Like, this is 20, 30 years old, that stuff. And it's, mm. it is. it is. It's what they're teaching these days in short game. Yeah. It is so. Yeah. I had this had this chat when we had Andrew Rice down for coaching series a couple of years ago. He was talking about how good Brett Runford's right. yeah. short game is. I said, well, this is the guy that taught him at Ross Herbert. Yeah. This is the one you have, that's to, right. you have to go and find out about. Yeah, that's so, so true. It is. So I'm going to get this uh, changed over to a – digital copy so I can share it around a little bit. Oh, I'd love to. Is, I'd love to get a part of that. 
It is. It is. I think I've got the I got the short game one, and I got the the power golf one from um, someone as well. So I've got both of them that I'll wow. convert, and we'll sh- we'll share them around. So that'll be cool. That'll be very um, cool. So tell, talk to me about the golf bohemians because that's obviously an awesome group that I wasn't able to get into at different stages. <laughs> uh, the golf bohemians was obviously it was you know uh, it was kind of. Obviously, uh, made up through Ramsey and Ramsey's thought about kind of you know joining, literally what it stands for, like-minded people, you know, around the world getting together and sharing information and, um, and that's um, you know, I I remember, I remember, um, I remember the first time, one of the first ones I did, and Caroline Richardson, which uh, Dr. Caroline Richardson, of who. You know the posture belt. Uh, sorry, the T stabilizer, and she's you know she's a genius. And Ramsey and Ramsey and her, they used to they were they had, a, had the nicest loved hate relationship. They used to argue all the time about everything. Like it was hilarious. That they, they were so good. But and I I remember I remember presenting, um, which I thought was I'm doing the best job I could do at the time with the information I had. Um, and this this lady's in the background, and like every thirty seconds, she's putting her hand up, going asking questions, and I actually didn't have answers for them. I was like, "What is she? Who is this person? Like, what are you doing here?" I did ask. I did say to her, "I said um, somewhere along the lines, are you asking? Are you trying to find out how much I know, or are you trying to tell everyone how much you know? Because <laughs> clearly, you know more than me." <laughs> <laughs> I think you, you see that sometimes, don't you? Yeah, Lots of and, questions just to prove how much they know. Yeah, and but she was great. We caught up. We had dinner that night and had a couple of drinks and talked through some stuff and you know and then formed a relationship from there. So, but it was one of those. Yeah, so that kind of happened sort of um, yearly, kind of around August time in um, down at Port down at Moona. Um, and uh, kind of we, had, we flew, you know, people flew in from all around the world uh, who was Ramsey was working with, um, you know, at the time. And, and um, yeah, so and, and then from there, as I said, that kind of, that actually in some ways formed, um, especially from the physio's point of view, like the physio, because it was obviously very physio influenced, um, that formed pretty much the physio structure in Golf Australia. So when um, when Golf Australia moved into into a, that kind of new format, and we started, it was myself, Ramsey, and Ryan Lumsden. We went around to kind of every every state and kind of work within those physios that were effectively golf bohemian physios within those states, and kind of just help help out um, anyway in, in any way we can. So that was that kind of went for it was like a it was like a a road trip that went for years that we just kept bouncing around states and just trying to help evolve kind of, well, and I'm, I'm not there saying that I was, I was just, I'm just helping. I'm just trying to do the best I can, but, you know, obviously Ramsey doing what he's doing and Ryan doing what he's doing. And, you know, so we did that for many, many years. And, and, you know, a, a lot of those, pretty much all those physios from every state that we worked with that were part of the Gulf Bohemians, um, I'm pretty sure still in those roles, so you know that's pretty cool. It is, it is, and it, again, I think as as coaches coming through, especially in Australia, again, I keep harping on this, but 
the information's out there. If you're prepared to to go and talk to people, you, you can find out this information. It's, it's, the good people in Australia always seem to be prepared to share that information. And I think mm. if you're a coach coming through, you can certainly go and talk to people like you, yourself, like Dennis McDade, like Peter Knight, all these guys that are out there at the, the top of the top of the tree. You can talk to these guys and they're prepared to share, which is great. Yeah. Well, I'm actually currently doing stuff with um, with Golf and Finlo, the coaches, the uh, the Finnish PGA. I'm doing some coach education with them. I've been doing that for the last sort of four or five months, and one of our big theme is is actually sharing information. And I've I've asked, you know, I've given them kind of everything that I know, and uh, but there's an expectation that they need to give back as well. And I think that's as a as a learning platform. I think that's the most important. You know, you know. Ramsey was Ramsey taught me that there's I think so many people that that they're so they think they've got the golden nugget and they think they've got the answer to it and they haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> and, 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 and 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 the and the more you put it out there, like I say, there's especially trips around the world that you know the more I go around and I, I I'm I'm working with different people and I'm I'm hanging around different people and I get on the plane coming home going oh my god I spent. Twenty-four hours on a plane. Going, I thought I knew. I thought I knew something. Now I know nothing. And I think. I think one of those questions you did ask. One of those questions you did ask. I'm going to bring it up that you did ask. Um, was around about that. I think you know. Like I don't think everyone's heard it, but you know, the, the longer we do it, the less we know. You know, I've got a. I feel like I've got a pretty good understanding of kind of what I know. But um, you know, with the stuff that I'm sort of working with at the moment and trying to understand at the moment, I, I realise I'm still years and years and years away from really understanding what I, what I really want to know. So, which is cool, you know. It's um, oh, I, if, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have that in front of me, I'd just go do something else. I two hundred percent on the same page as you. I, if you, mm. the day you get to that end of that journey where you you've you've got it all. Time to give it up and go yeah. and do something else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you do. You're you're always changing as a coach. You're always. And I said, I, I I went through that exact same thing when I first went to coaching in Taiwan, and all of a sudden I had 20 kids that could do exactly what I was telling them to do, and worked out pretty quickly that some of the stuff I was coaching wasn't right. So <laughs> you had to had to change pretty quickly. Yeah. So, had to adapt. I did really fast because they were doing what I was telling them to do, and the ball flight yeah. wasn't showing what I, what I thought it was going to show. So yeah, yeah had to had to change really really quickly. So that's really cool. Um, so tell me about your academy. You got set up now. You've got an academy at Spring Valley Golf. Spring Valley, yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've actually, uh, we've kind of, in, I've joined up recently with Travis Harrison, who um, is obviously you know. He's, he's moved out of kind of Brighton golf course and kind of moved in with us. And um, obviously most of his background is, you know, working with kind of club level players and, and just he's actually been very cool to watch. He's a very good businessman. And I know he, you know, does a, a fair bit of stuff for the PGA and I think he probably has a lot to offer, you know, for, for the young coaches out there kind of understanding kind of how to create, you know, that business and that network and, and you know he's a lot more involved in you know the online platform and social media stuff that I continue to stay away from, but um, which is kind of cool to watch. And yeah, so you know the you know the the golf clubs the golf clubs great. 
Um, you know, it's just a great golf club, great facility. Um, you know, in, in most years I would have, you know, different players from around the world being able to come down and stay and train for a while, um, you know, for sort of six-month periods, either going into tour schools or whatever it may be. So, you know, obviously that stuff, you know, that's that's not happening at the moment. But, yeah, so, so for most of my, you know, most of my days are spent out of there at the moment um, and then most of my evenings are spent online doing stuff uh, on the other side of the planet. So, um, in some ways, my days are getting longer, which it, you think it should be should be the other way with all the COVID stuff. But um, it's not a bad thing, you know. It's better than better than doing nothing. Very true. I had Travis on the podcast just prior to Christmas, and he is he's a he's a, a great guy to talk to, and um, plenty of great strategies for coaches coming out and building up yeah. the coaching clientele. He's he does that really really well, which is really yeah, cool. he does he does a very good job at that, yeah. Yeah. So, mate, I would, I could, I could keep you here all night, but we have to let you go because obviously you've got lots of things to do. But there's five questions I like to ask everybody <laughs> on the podcast. Okay. So it used to be just a fast four, but I've added a well, fifth. In this Is that year. just for me? <laughs> just for you. You're the second person that, that, that's okay. going to answer the fifth question. So um, that's that's all cool. So any um, tips for coaches coming out, starting out in, in the in the, the golf coaching area? What tips do you have for them? Uh, I guess I guess kind of what we touched on earlier, it all depends on um, what, what well, actually what area do you want to work in coaching? You know, is it a high-performance area? Is it a development coach? Is it um, – you know, so I think making sure that you're, you know, you're really kind of clear on kind of what that looks like. I think like what we haven't touched on before, I think if you try to do the whole thing, you actually become not that great at one. Well, I'm not saying you have to be a specialist coach in, in, in areas, but you see the most successful guys that are doing whatever in their areas are very good at doing what they're doing in that, in that, in that spot. So I think, um, yeah, depending on kind of what your passion is and kind of what 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 you want to wake up for every morning, um, I would be making sure that I'm researching and spending time and money. Like I spent, I've spent so much money traveling the world, being around people, just because I, I actually learn better by just hanging out. Um, I'm not reading stuff and and online stuff. You know, it's it says something, but I prefer to go and have dinner with someone and a couple of drinks and really have a chat. So. It probably cost me a lot more money in the, in the long run, but yeah. So my my thought is my thought is that um, yeah, I think uh, you know really understand kind of the area that, and that and I and I actually wrote a note on that too. That that doesn't mean that you start somewhere and don't end up somewhere else. I think that you know if you've got that mindset that you're willing to grow, that say you started in kind of club level golf and and all of a sudden you had a you know a young player that's starting to kind of move through, but be really willing to kind of understand if I want to take that player onto the next level, I really need to start stepping, stepping stuff up and getting around different, different information and different understanding of, of how you can help. Because if you can't, if you're not willing to do that, you're actually not helping the player at all. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, any tips for golfers out there? Hopefully there's a few golfers tuning into the, the podcast as well. So any tips for them? Uh, I guess once again, a bit like kind of what, what level golfer, um, you know, if it's a high performance golfer, I think, you know, I can talk about stuff for, for days. Um, I think making sure you've got, uh, a network of people around you that are, 
that are very good at what they've done, and I hate to say it, but two are proven as well that have actually done it. I think that's, um, I think that's important. I think if you need to show that, uh, I know you need to come from somewhere, but I think you also need to show that you have AI able to to move from one to one level to the next, and and what that can look like because tournament golf and professional golf, dealing with managers and club club manufacturers and all the other stuff that's you know, just that becomes a daily norm. So um, I think you need to be either a really, 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 really quick learner or be around people that are um, that are a part of that. Um, and then I, obviously I sort of depending on kind of the, the kind of the level or the, or, or the level that you want to play at, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I know in my own sort of private coaching that I am, um, I, I definitely ask kind of the, one of the sort of first questions to, that I ask anyone, you know, what, how can I help you today and kind of more understanding kind of what are their time time constraints and, and what are they able to do and um, what what do they actually want to get out of um, a session and, and what does, you know, their golf look like over in the future, so. Oh, cool. Some pretty cool cool tips there for the golfers out there. I'm just going um, to plug my laptop in before I lose you. <laughs> oh, good, mate. <laughs> going out of charge. I've, been, I've kept you too long. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yes. So we're all good? Okay. Yep. So, so the, 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 the third, third question in that group is, um, is there anything that, that you would change in your career up until now? Any, any wrong steps or any changes that that you would make? And to keep it all the same is a totally appropriate answer as well. Yeah, I think the I, I did I did write some notes on that this afternoon. Um, the only thing I would change is COVID. <laughs> it's, it's been a pain, hasn't it? It's been a shocker. Yeah, it's it's um, it's destroyed. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, my own sort of my own work, it's, you know, my work's been pretty much internationally based for for many, many years now. So, you know, that's had a big influence on or impact on kind of what I do there. Uh, in regards to what, if I would change anything, no, I've, um, I'm, I'm big on that. I think, you know, could you do things different? And when you reflect on stuff, potentially, um, but as long as you wake up every day feeling like you're doing the right thing for that person that you're working with, um, yes, information changes and so on. But um, I've learned from from many, many players that have moved on from me and guys that have come back to me and and vice versa that I think that's that's a part of the, the business that, um, you know, I think you, you actually have to go through all that to become a really good coach. So I, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I'll just change COVID. If yeah, I had a chance, it's going to be a whole. It's going to be twenty. It's going to be two years of just been absolute pain for for all mm. people in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, hopefully we come through it with. We come through it sooner rather than later. It's just been yeah. a nightmare. No, too true. So the 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 fourth question is: Where do you see yourself or golf coaching in general? You can answer. Uh, down that two paths or just down one path in five years' time? Five years' time, I said, I guess it all depends on kind of what what we're able to, how we're able to move around the world. You know, I was able to go back and, you know, I would spend four to six times a year in the US and similar numbers in the UK and Europe. 
Um, so, you know, ideally I'm back to something similar to that, um, working with some of the programs I work with around the world and some of the coaches and, and other other platforms I do around the world. So in a perfect world, yes, I'd be kind of getting back to what some call normal is. Um, if not, I'm, you know, I think I'm a pretty good adapter. I'll, I'll find ways to, I might build a boat and just go myself. Uh, <laughs> they don't let me out. Um, start paddling. <laughs> start paddling. <laughs> just go. Um, That's it. <laughs> so look, I, I think, uh, yeah, look, you know, my, my passion is obviously in that area. It's, it, it is in high performance. It is on the road. Um, it is working, you know, in tournament golf and, 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 and development programs, you know, I'm so been fortunate that I've been working with quite a few different development programs overseas, um, as kind of in a mentor role or in some education stuff. So, yeah, I like to continue to grow that. Um, that that's really cool for me because it, you know, allows me to kind of sort of think about the time that I've done, what I've done, and and then obviously what I've learned up until now, and kind of how would I then influence or do things potentially a little bit different from an education point of view going forward. So, um, yeah, I'd like to spend more time in that area, definitely. Really cool. I like it. I like it. So the the brand new question for this year is training and learning for yeah. you as a coach. Sources of information, how do you go about improving your skills as a coach? Um, well, I, I had a few thoughts on this one. You know, one of the one of the things I've done in you know recent years is I actually brought myself a three D system to to really learn and understand. And I've been around it for fifteen years, so you know I've been one of the guys that's kind of been around it since it first came to Australia. But really starting to understand kind of how that moves, well, how people move and how that influences, and then how there's you know concepts and thoughts and and everything goes around. So I'm really big at kind of understanding humans and. Why, why we do what we do. Um, from an education point of view, I would recommend for anyone that's out there, um, I'm, I'm, I, I join it. The Mark, Dr. Mark Bull is a very close friend of mine and he's got an academy that uh, he set up um, kind of middle of last year and, and even the best, you know, Sean Foley's a member, who they're close friends and, you know, some of the best coaches on the planet that are that we all listen to kind of, you know, not to, not to say what he says, he's, he's an absolute genius of what he does. There's no one um, – I've been very lucky to be around some great minds in golf and there's no one no one that I know on the planet that goes close to kind of what he's doing and how he's doing it. So, if yeah, for, for any of the young coaches out there or coaches that are out there that, you know, want to learn a little bit more about really understanding kind of movement and cause and effect about kind of how, how we do what we do and – and it's it's a bit of a rabbit hole. You can go this. You can go so far into it that you know it's all relative to kind of what you want to listen to and understand. But um, he's got some of the best brains in 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 golf that are part of the academy. And um, and these they're quite funny because I actually listen to them most mornings when I go for a run. I'm, I, I listen to and these guys are these guys are my colleagues. These guys are my friends, and I I, I listen to the same. I listen to these guys all the time because. Just this stuff about kind of, I guess it kind of reminisces to kind of my thoughts and beliefs as well. But yeah, I think um, I think from a learning point of view, I think that's kind of a, an absolute network that I look at. Um, I, then I then I reach on, I, I reach out to to the kind of network of coaches that I've got as well. That um, which I think is really important. You know, the the, the 
the bigger you can grow that, well, the bigger you can grow a tighten that network of, you know, like-minded people, the better it is. That's really cool. You've um you've hit on my hit list for podcast guests. I've got Mark on my list to get in touch uh, with at some stage to come and have a chat with me because he's might, obviously a very switched on guy. I might be able to help you out there. <laughs> I was actually I'm on the phone. I'll, I'll be coming. I was on the phone to him just before I go. I speak to him if I can weekly. So um, I was just on the phone to him just before. So we we uh, caught up sound on him some, out for me. Yeah. Sound him out for me, and we'll we'll have, we'll have to get him on the show. So that was mate, yeah. mate. That was really cool. Thank you so much for your time today. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, you said you didn't have a, a large presence on social media. Is there a certain site you should be sending people to if they are keen to get in touch with you? Uh, well, I, in saying that, I I, I do have a a, um, a Instagram account. I don't know, Marty Joyce something. Um, and I got a I'll Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, I, look, and then you know, if anyone wants to reach out, you know, email is probably the best. Um, I do have a website that I, I I continue to pay for, but I'm not too sure why. But um, so yeah, so yeah, um, I've I've done a pretty good job of trying to stay off the grid. But I understand that you know, especially with the way times are now, we need to kind of you know move and evolve and. But um, yeah, if, if anyone has any questions, uh, you know, on, on, on anything, I'm 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 more than happy to um, more than happy to help, and you know, either it's over a phone call or an email. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to reach out, no problem at all. I will put some of those links into the show notes so people can can find you. So again, Perfect. Marty, thank you so much for your time. I certainly appreciate it. Great Pleasure. chat tonight, and. Um get this up out there soon and for everyone tuning in thanks for tuning in um, and we'll catch up with you all really soon